This episode of The Clear Out was recorded on the 28th of November 2023 at home in Wicklow. And it is an episode that focuses mostly on the riots and the in, in Dublin last week and the inciting incident that led to those riots. And I tried to discuss it with a kind of a broader look at um, at who may have influenced those riots and why the conditions um, for those riots were so primed for that expression of, of, of anger and rage. Um, and I also I also include uh, a clip, part of a clip from um, uh, an Instagram comedian slash uh, musician who spoke so articulately about the situation um, that I felt it was well worth sharing and I give you all the information about that in the episode so you can go and find it for yourself but um, yeah that's it so that's what's coming up a bit of a you know very Irish focused and looking at themes of nationalism and immigration and male anger and far-right um, provocation. So um, if that sounds like your bag, tune in and enjoy. I'll see you around the corner. Cheers. Ooh, not gonna change my mind Leaving the dream Hi, my name is Dara Clear and you're listening to The Clear Out. You're very welcome. Thank you for choosing this podcast to listen to, among the many others you could have chosen. I welcome your decision with great enthusiasm and relief. <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm holding a hot mug of cinnamon, cinnamon tea with some honey in it. I was in the sea about two hours ago and I'm still just a little bit, I can feel my feet are still cold. It was, um, it was cold this morning. I had a beautiful walk with Pepper, the dog, uh, at about half past six. I had a walk in the woods and the light from the moon, I don't know if it was full last night or the previous night, but the light from the moon was so fantastic that I didn't need to turn on the head torch so it's just this moonlit early morning walk which was fantastic um I got my daughter to school and she asked she asked (laughs) she asked to be driven to school today and I decided okay it'll actually suit me to drop her off and head to the coast for a swim um so I can get on with the rest of my day so the car said the temperature was 1.5 degrees outside. Um, it hadn't felt that cold when I was walking earlier, probably probably because I was walking. Um, and the sea temperature allegedly was 11.8, according to the website I use. I'm never entirely sure about that. But um, it was noticeably warmer in the water than on the land. Well, when you're standing in a pair of Speedos. <laughs> but just another one of these great November days. I'm, I'm beginning to think, for the first time in my life, I realise is, uh, you know, November might be my favourite month of the year. 
I'm a big fan of January because January is my birthday month. Hint, hint. Um, <laughs> send your knickers. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I won't go there. Um, I like January um, because it's my birthday month. I like the beginning of the year. I like that midwinter challenge. And I like sort of stealing myself in that, you know, those cold midwinter days. But November is really just um, an aesthetic, you know, thrill. Certainly where we live down, um, down in Wicklow. It's just been absolutely gorgeous. And it was a drier month than October. So we've had so many good dry days, particularly in the last couple of weeks. You know, some really drab ones as well. But the, the bright days uh, when the leaves were just fantastic. Um, you notice last week I didn't talk about the leaves because it, it, I think they just peaked. And now, yeah, those autumn colours are, are pretty much gone. Um, as it should be, considering it's uh, almost at the very end of November. But, um, yeah, a lovely swim. A lovely swim this morning but of course as the temperature drops in the water it does take that much longer to to warm up and recover afterwards so hence hence the the mug of tea in the hand so what where who the i had my first receptive mind mindfulness class last week at the Irish Museum of Modern Art at Camerino Bakery there and I had a few bodies which was nice and we had a good time and they left the bodies that is they left happy they left energized and buzzed and feeling calmer um, and it was funny somebody commented I, I felt kind of cold at the end of the class and they were all saying how warm they felt and one of the participants was saying, that's because you gave all your energy to us. <laughs> I don't know. I think I was actually, I was actually a bit nervous. It's funny. Um, I've, you know, I've taught so much over the years, but I felt a bit nervous with this one. It was my first time to deliver that type of stuff under that name. And I felt, um, I just felt a bit of pressure. So I think at the initial part of the class I was actually sweating just that nervous sweat and then I was fine but then I probably cooled down with the sweat on me which was uh, the reason anyway so be it so listen today's class today's class um that sorry the receptive mind class is continuing so that's you know if you're someone who's in the Dublin area or reasonably close and feels like coming in by the time this comes out um, on Thursday, there will be three Wednesdays left. That would be the 6th, the 13th and the 20th of December. Three more Wednesdays at Camerino Bakery at the Irish Museum of Modern Art in Kilmainham. And yeah, yeah I, I really i am very confident that if you came in, you'd get a lot out of it and sort of float out of there um, feeling really good. Um, and strangely, it would be a, a grounded floating. So rather than a sense of, I can't keep myself on the ground, I'm floating away. Just a lovely, lightened energy, radiant. That's why I do it, because 
I believe in it and I see the effect it has on people who have come to get that type of thing from me over the years. It really works. Um, okay, so that's all about that. Um, if I was going to, I was going to give my my Patreon uh, spruik. Do you know that word spruik? I didn't. I, I only came across that word in Australia. To to spruik something is to promote it, uh, to try and sell it. So I was going to spruik my Patreon link patreon.com forward slash the clear out if you enjoy this thing that i do this thing i do on the tell this engagement with well-being with wellness with mental health with vulnerability with all kinds of issues psychological emotional well-being and many other things um, if you like it and think do you know what that represents someone's effort someone's work and it's a good thing and it makes me feel better do consider becoming a friend of the show using the patreon link where for the price of a cup of coffee a cup of tea a sandwich a pint whatever whatever symbolic currency resonates with you you can do that there and endorse what i do here and validate it um and yeah it means a lot to me so uh, consider that if you will and if you're not in a position to do that no stress you can also support me just by spreading the love spreading the word sharing thoughts comments reactions and bumping it on to other people leaving reviews rating it subscribing to the show all that really really helps just raise the profile um, a little bit more and further to that i'm hoping in the next couple of weeks my rebooted revamped website will be live my good friend daniel has been working really hard on it over the last several months um, it's been a work in progress at different times we've both been too busy to give it the love it needed um daniel's a uh, great guy from colombia he was living in australia and he was, he was a student of mine in melbourne several years ago but a really really good guy and he got on board very early um with the podcast and said he'd like to be involved in helping build a profile and build a site so um after two and a half years we're, <laughs> we're nearly ready to do that so i was reaching out to some people who i know listen fairly regularly to the show i was just looking for some reviews feedback testimonials whatever you want to call it and i got some really really nice stuff from some good people so some things i may end up putting up on the website just in my my shop window so to speak but i also got um can you pick it up a bit um can you stop rambling can you get to the point uh, <laughs> have you have you heard of concision <laughs> so um now you, you know you remember last week i was trying to i was trying to put out a, a shorter episode um and you know i'm robust enough that i can hear constructive criticism i can hear criticism and i can step outside my own ego and um, sensitivity and just look at it and consider it um and so today's episode i am genuinely going to try and keep this shorter than uh, i have done for a very long time um so uh, we'll see if i can achieve that it's to demonstrate to you and to myself that I'm not afraid of trying something different. Um, my wife would balk at that suggestion. <laughs> Do 
the, the, the very idea that I'm able to change. She'd be like, I don't think so. <laughs> anyway, let's see. Let's see what happens. Let's see what unfolds over the next half an hour or 40 minutes. And if I kept it to 40 minutes, that would be a shorter episode. Okay, so that's it. That's the preamble. Um, now, on to much more serious things. Uh, my friend Connor, another Australian mate, former colleague. Connor's over in the UK, as many people like to call it, the UK. The UK in a B place. Is it? Is it Birmingham? Is it Bristol? I can't remember. Anyway, Connor, if you're listening, hello, my friend. Connor was asking me to share some thoughts on what transpired in Dublin last week. So if you haven't been following, there was a really brutal, quite, yeah, a really horrific, shocking knife attack um, on school children in the middle of the day in Dublin last Thursday. Um, one adult was attacked as well. Um, and the the attack was um committed by a non-irish person a person who's a nationalized uh, a naturalized irish citizen who's been in ireland for around 20 years i believe he's from algeria originally um and he 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 was the attacker and it sparked with i believe the encouragement of far-right elements um it sparked a demonstration uh which um erupted into a riot and scenes of kind of mass destruction in the center of dublin city last thursday you know evening night and yeah it was pretty pretty hot i mean the the, the you know the, the first horrible thing, of course, was the attack. That I mean, the thought of little children, these kids were only five or six years old, being stabbed by a grown man, um, a man in his 50s, I believe. That is almost unconscionable. And, and I say that as, you know, as this ongoing, you know, crisis rolls out in the Middle East, although there has been a ceasefire, thankfully, um, lately. Um, you think of the amount of, uh, victims there have been of of bombings etc in in Gaza absolutely horrible stuff but I suppose on a level we contextualize that and put it into a larger picture of of war of conflict um, of fanaticism um, extreme uh, extreme aggression I mean I've, I've touched on this in previous recent um, previous episodes but when it's a, an individual um, it's more vivid in a way and feels more immediate and of course it feels more immediate here in Ireland when you're in Ireland and it happens on on your doorstep as Dublin is to Wicklow um I mean my first my first reaction to the attack um was an assumption of um extreme mental and emotional unwellness um, psychological disarray, someone having a psychic break. Um, I didn't think a terror attack. I think at the time I didn't know it wasn't an Irish person. But, I mean, I'll just throw in straight away, 
you know, acts of violence in Ireland against children and women. Um, my, you know, my, my like anecdotally, my assumption is that many of the perpetrators of those attacks are Irish, Irish people and Irish men, unfortunately. Um, so I wouldn't, you know, my, my, my brain wouldn't attach that type of attack to anything other than, oh, this might be, you know, a family situation. It might be a, you know, a father who's been denied access to his children or I don't know. Those were the scenarios that came into my head. Um, you know, an alienated father, a father with a barring order. That was my assumption initially. Um, I have no other information at this point. Um, I've been busy and I mean, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I don't pursue these stories. I don't pursue more information. Um, I feel very aware that there's a lot of really confronting, horrible stuff in the world. Uh, and it's all out there. It's out there for us every second of the day. And I think part of the broader malaise that is afflicting uh, so many of us in the world is connected to our access to these stories, our access to reaction. Um, the the 24-hour news cycle, but it's the social media cycle, it's the opinion cycle. And there's so much stuff that's so emotive and provocative and inflammatory and i i'm extremely suspicious of it and i have a strong aversion to it um not fear um not a disproportionate misreading of all of that i just trust my instinct that this is like it's it's unsafe and i don't trust that there aren't a lot of bad actors in you know, behind various sources. Um, and that is very much how I view what would have led to the, the riots on, on Thursday in Dublin, that there are bad actors. Um, and I've made the joke before, I'm not talking about people like me, <laughs> bad actors who didn't, you know, manage to sustain a successful acting career. Um, but people who are acting in bad faith, you know, cynical people who are manipulating those who are there to be manipulated. And this is, I believe, an ongoing trend that's been happening across the world for at least the last 10 or 15 years, if not more. Um, we've had the very obvious rise of populist strongman leaders in various parts of the world um the likes of the likes of trump the likes of bolsonaro the likes of uh, duterte in the philippines um and you know there's others uh, i can't think of right now um but i do think of people like nigel farage um you know particularly um you know people like Boris Johnson, these kind of slippery, deceptive, disingenuous actors who are really just serving their own sense of personal glory, pushing their own personal agenda. Like, like those two examples in particular, like they're, they're, they're just such, you know, stereotypical 
uh, value vacuums, you know, morality vacuums. You know, they're just blowing with the wind and, you know, a bit like Trump, I think. They just have a, a nose for chaos. They have a nose for the fault line. Um, and, you know, Farage in particular, I, I, there's somebody else I'm missing in this group, but Farage in particular, the way he manipulated the narrative, for want of a better word, around Brexit, um, and the way the Tories kind of leaned into that, um, they're they're just vile. These people, I really, I just, I have no time for them at all. Um, they represent nothing good. Um, however, they, as I said already, they have a, a nose for where people are feeling a bit crazy, for where people are feeling really angry, really shut out, let down, disenfranchised, left behind. And they have they have a great knack for channeling that you know profound sense of social rejection and social hurt and they have a great knack for channeling that very real emotion that very real wound into destructive uh, destructive iteration and enactment of of hatred of of xenophobia um and it's you know it's really horrible stuff and once again we're you know we're we're suffering from a lack of more inspiring leaders we're suffering from a lack of leadership that appeals to people's the phrase i want to use is they're, they're they're better angels i know that's a bit of a wet phrase it's a little bit sentimental but well, you know, this this is my fundamental belief. I think we all have the capacity to remain positive, to remain hopeful, to remain generous in how we think of others, to remain connected to notions of altruism and selfish selflessness. Sorry, um, to to be civic minded, to be community minded, to be able to absorb our own hurts and wounds without shifting the energy to others without shifting the blame or projecting onto others um i believe we all have the capacity to to manage ourselves and stay connected to a better a better version of of what our society can be or what our community can be what our country can be and when i looked at the images of these what i what i how I, what i took to be largely young men hooded masked um rioting in the center of dublin attacking police you know setting police cars on fire attack you know setting public transport vehicles on fire um and then you know smashing shop windows and looting 
uh, you know, my my initial reaction was one of disgust, of of, of anger, uh, and yes, of, of judgment. You know, <laughs> like very simply to just kind of judge these guys and go, "What the hell are you doing?" You know, this is just disgusting behavior. It's the lowest form of criminal activity. Um, you know, violence, destruction of property, vandalism, stealing. And, you know, theoretically, this was a demonstration of national pride. Like, ostensibly, this was a demonstration of national pride. And I saw some clips on social media um, from um, people's social media feeds of the, you know, of the actual riots. And you'd see comments going, you know, uh, the fighting Irish are back and, you know, go on the boys and these kind of dubious, these dubious sort of pieces of, of, of rhetoric that had vaguely, you know, political overtones um, or were explicitly political and, you know, celebratory in tone as if this was a great, you know, a great moral victory for the people. Um, but fundamentally, this was, you know, driven by far right elements framed as anti-immigrant, um, as an anti-immigrant demonstration, as an anti-immigrant protest. And the, you know, the immigrant in choice of, of you know, in, in question, of course, was this perpetrator of the knife attack. Um, and... You know what? What you what? What resulted was just a gang of young guys wrecking um, a section of the centre of, of Dublin, and all it looked like was a big pylon. It just looked like here's here's an opportunity for us to go mental. Here's an opportunity for us to act with impunity. And I always feel like when these guys rock up. And they're obscuring their identities. They're covering their faces with scarves. Their hoods are up. To me, it immediately detracts from their legitimacy. Because if they had a legitimate complaint, if they really, truly felt this is the righteous cause, I don't think there'd be any reason for them to hide their faces. I think they could stand there with pride and protest in the way they saw fit because it would be aligned to true a true conviction um uh, you know that this was justified behavior but what it just looked like was extreme anti-socialism anti-social behavior not anti-socialism but you know anti-social behavior wanton destruction just for the sake of it um and the looting just coloured that even more. Um, and I tell you, I was I was looking at something last night. Um, I was just scrolling online and I came across uh, an Instagram account that I follow. And the Instagram account is, it belongs to a guy called Garen Noon. And I, I mean, he, basically he's a, his videos, you know, his most popular videos just seem to be him being extremely funny. He's he's a funny guy and he points out all sorts of ridiculous things, um, you know, 
I mean, about Irish culture, uh, about food. There's a lot of food-themed stuff, and he's outraged and indignant. He's very funny, and I just he came up on my feed a few months ago, and I started following him. He was making me laugh. Uh, you know, young guy. I'm not sure where he's from. He's got a very distinctive voice, and his catchphrase is um, "Follow me, I'm delicious." Uh, and he's also um, a very talented musician and singer. Um, so you know, again, like just this is the modern age and the social media age. It's it's TikTok, it's whatever, and there are a lot of talented people out there. And I've seen a handful of younger Irish. Uh, I mean, I'm hesitating to use the word comedians, but I mean, I guess that's what they are. They're just you know they're doing they're, they do skits and sketches and funny videos and they gain purchase and they're they're doing well and i follow a few of them and they make me laugh i don't watch every single thing they do but um in any case i was looking at garen's instagram feed last night and he put up a video simply called the situation in ireland and he was so articulate and uh, considered and thoughtful and balanced in his assessment of the the situation last week, that I, I was kind of I wasn't I wasn't blown away, but I, it, I was very moved by what he was saying, and it just it resonated. It felt very authentic, um, and it felt to me like a really great read of the of the situation so i'm going to just play you a bit of the a bit of the, the the clip right now um but i recommend you go and find it yourself on instagram his his instagram name is garen g-a-r-r-o-n underscore music so garen underscore music um and just find the, the the video. It's one of his most recent ones, and it just has the caption, the situation in Ireland. Um, I recommend you go and listen to the full thing yourself. I won't play the whole thing. I'll just play the start of it. I'll just, just, just play the first couple of minutes of it, and you can just get a, get a, a flavour. Hello, how are you getting on? Um, I don't really do serious videos or political videos or anything like that on my page. Um, I like to keep it light-hearted. I think there's value in keeping things light-hearted and not talking about what's going on in the world all the time. Um, and who the fuck cares what I think anyway? I talk about, you know, spice bags and, you know, horse shit. Um, I don't have an interest in or important opinion about anything. But um, it didn't feel right not mentioning what happened in Ireland last week here. So, first of all, three children, as well as an adult, were brutally attacked in broad daylight in Dublin. Um, by a man in his 50s. The man is originally from Algeria. Uh, it seems like he's lived here for around 20 years. Um, he's had previous interactions with the guards, with stuff regarding knives, but it's not known exactly what seems to have triggered that particular attack. I think we all, as a country, obviously really want all of those people to make a full physical recovery and also to recover as best they can from the extreme trauma of what they've experienced as well. Um, and things like that really shouldn't happen in Ireland they don't happen in Ireland the fact that the man is not from Ireland originally has unearthed a lot of anti-immigrant sentiment which led to what happened later in the day um, but before I talk about that I just want to say there are people saying you know 
this is what happens when we let X and Y, whoever it might be, into the country. There's people who are saying it doesn't matter at all that he's an immigrant. My own personal opinion is what what matters is to look at every event in that particular man's life um, that led up to that point and see at what points we could have intervened to do something better from when he entered the country, through the systems that he obviously went through in the country. Could, could this have been caught? Every element of this man's life is important to look into. Um, now on to the riot. Uh, I think it's important to say that I don't think that the people who were rioting in Dublin were positively motivated to improve the country. I think the people who were breaking into shops and stealing shoes weren't stealing the shoes thinking, I'm doing this for Ireland. I don't think the people who were burning down buses or uh, assaulting guards or whatever it might be, um, I think they found a scapegoat to do whatever the fuck they felt like doing and I think they made an absolute mockery out of our capital city and out of a country that I myself and I know everybody else is very proud to be from and we consider ourselves a very peaceful and accepting country. Now, most people in Ireland did not support the riots at all, um, but there was a lot of support for a lot of the sentiments that were expressed to justify the riots. Um, one of them being uh, an anti-immigrant sentiment. I think another thing underpinning all this is we've just had the recent conclusion of the Ashton Murphy trial as well. Um, Ashton Murphy was, if you're not from Ireland, uh, it was an ex- one of the most high-profile shock and crimes that's ever taken place here. Um, young teacher murdered in the middle of the day in broad daylight. Um, and the man who committed that crime uh, also was not originally from Ireland. So there are certain groups of people who are connecting the dots of, of those two horrific crimes, um, as well as other incidents, and saying, this is what Ireland is becoming now. Um, things are getting more violent since we've started letting people in. We can't house these people. We're struggling to even house Irish people. And that's that's basically the line. Now, the really dangerous thing about that is nested in some of what they're saying is a little bit of the truth. Okay, so look, that's that's a very good, um, as I said, flavour of what Garen was speaking about on his own feed last night. And he goes on and really sort of explores the, the, you know, the, the tension that is underneath the, you know, the, the riots last week and the, you know, repeating what I was saying before I played you the clip, the idea that there are people who have genuine grievances. There are people, many people in Ireland and in a lot of other countries around the world currently, I think, who feel that they've been shut out and left left behind. These are the phrases I used before. The sense of we're, we're stuck where we are and nobody cares. Um, and then these other elements get their stick and they kind of poke that. They poke that feeling, that feeling of being forgotten, that feeling of being cast aside and they hold up a sign or they hold up a photo or they hold up a fact in inverted commas and go, look, you can't get anything, but look what they're doing for this family that just landed from, I don't know where, Nigeria or Romania or Algeria or 
this family of refugees from from Ukraine. Um, and the sense that they're not being cared for by their own government, their own their own people, um, so to speak. That is like that is a real that is a real feeling. That is a real grievance. That's not imagined. It's not fabricated. Um, and the and again, I'm no sociologist, um, but you know there are always areas of large populations that are given less love financially, economically, politically, culturally than other areas. And typically these are areas that are often on you know on the fringes of larger populations or they're in areas that have generationally been underserviced, neglected, um they might be architecturally and um, sort of civically less attractive. They might have been more you know, pragmatic in their establishment uh, or more utilitarian um, when they, 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 they first came about. Um, but over time, the, the, the feeling of being unloved the feeling of being neglected it calcifies it calcifies into into something else and it calcifies into resentment it calcifies into a a hardness it calcifies into um aggression um and the you know aggression and anger craves an outlet and within those communities, um, I, I think there's a sort of a, you know, there's a there's a leveling out where, it, you know, it, it, and again, I'm not, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to kind of choose my words carefully because I don't want to sound like I'm being um, classist or, you know, being a snob in any way. I'm trying to look at this dispassionately and, you know, call a spade a spade uh, for want of a better expression. But I think that there's a, a sort of a law of the jungle um, sensibility that prevails. And I think people can survive very well in those communities and live good lives and have done um, always. Um, because this is what people do, but there is a toughness. There is a sort of a a hardening, and I think a sort of a a callous that can come over the a more generous outlook. Um, and those communities can get very sort of inward looking. That we look after ourselves because no one else is looking after us. And in those environments, criminality can can thrive. Um, loan sharking can thrive um, protection rackets can thrive it becomes its own sort of guerrilla state in a way 
where maybe police don't really want to go. You 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 would have heard Garen refer a few times there to guards. Uh, so if you're a non-Irish listener, um, the police in Ireland are called guards. Uh, from the Irish language, the Garda Síochána, Guardians of the Peace, is basically how it translates. Um, so, you know, it's, you know, it, like this is, you know, this, this is a real thing. These are real places. And I think when people, you know, come out of those areas, um, they have a sense of the rest of their you know, the neighbouring community, the neighbouring population being a lot softer, um, a lot more open, a lot more vulnerable in a way. Um, and I think the assumption is, or the projection is that, oh, well, they're living, they're living easier lives. They're living easier, more comfortable lives than us. And they're getting love from the rest of the country. And they're getting care from the government. And they're getting attention from the politicians because there's value in these other members of our country, the other members of our community, of, you know, of the, the population. Um, and we're not valued. And then you throw in the, 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 the toxic idea of, you know, the, the, the immigrant problem, again, inverted commas. Um, and that being kind of, you know, almost being used as a stick to taunt them. You know, you're not even... You know, even these people from the far reaches of the globe get more love than you. There's more political value and cultural value in these people. Um, and I think there's a, a sense of indignation that, again, can be fueled into an explosive rage. Um, and I think the riots last Thursday are an indication they're an expression of that rage. They're an expression of that sense of neglect. They're an expression of that sense of not being cared for. Um, and as as Garen said in his video, I don't think those guys were <laughs> thinking, as he said, so <laughs> so sort of uh, incis- you know, incisively, I don't think they were doing it for, for Ireland. I'm burning out this double-decker public transport bus for Ireland. I'm setting fire to this police car car for Ireland. I'm smashing the window of this department store and walking out of here with jackets and shoes. I'm doing this because I love my country. Um, and there's a, you know, there's a disconnect then. And we, you know, it's easy to clutch our pearls and be offended. As I felt last week, I was like, oh, you know, it's something that it just made me angry seeing that destruction. I'm going, like, I love Dublin. I love Dublin as a city. I've spent a lot of time there. I still go in and out of Dublin. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing some ongoing youth work with some great young guys uh, on the north side of Dublin who may come from, you know, communities that are typically not viewed particularly favourably. And, and this is something we were talking about last week. And, it, you know, the young guys that I'm working with have a, a very strong sense of their their identity and of their community. And they've got pride in where they're from. Um, but they definitely have a sense of, you know, being othered. Um, and so that that indicates uh, that there has, hasn't really been much change. Um, but... Like I was trying to, I was, I was discussing this with friends at the weekend. I was on a, a Zoom call with some great pals 
who are you know thoughtful guys who you know think about you know geopolitics politics um you know socioeconomics what, whatever you know as well as being great guys you know thoughtful reflective you know people um shout out to tim and dave if you're listening and i was tired when we were talking and we were talking about this situation as it had transpired in dublin and i really just didn't have a head on to 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 to, to talk about it in a in a thoughtful way i think i was still feeling quite emotional about it it was only a couple of nights after the riots and you know the the guys were sort of coming at me with political arguments um and extrapolating quite extreme comparisons um in terms of how mass immigration can alter a country and you know and they were coming you know from a very objective place they weren't they weren't they weren't trying to provoke me they weren't trying to advocate um any type of ultra nationalism but yeah i wasn't i wasn't in a very receiving state of mind for that um so we uh <laughs> you know we, we moved on but there is there is a question of resources there is a question of you know the the idea of enough and it feels it does feel at times like there should be enough there should be enough in a country the size of ireland to and again this is a very socialist position but there should be enough financially economically in ireland to ensure a basic standard of living isn't isn't fallen below that people don't drop below a basic decent standard of living and you know sometimes people say things like that i will sure look aren't you lucky to have a you know a house at all aren't you lucky to have some a roof over your head and it could be the poxiest you know roughest place that they wouldn't consider setting foot in themselves but there's this strange thing that happens in people's minds that, you know, if something is given to someone, they should be happy for, for it to be anything at all. For something to be provided, they should just say thanks very much and be grateful and not have the temerity to go, well, is there any chance I could have a place that's not falling apart with damp? Um, is it, you know, is, would it be all right to have a place that's actually warm and insulated and truly habitable that gives me a sense of of pride when i close my door and stay inside and raise my family in this place and if the answer you know if the answer to that question is no it's not all right just take what you get and be grateful and don't come begging again that's a that's a failure like it's a failure of, of the state and it's a failure of the country um and I'm not for a millisecond trying to say that's what every that's how everybody lives in these you know areas or suburbs or communities that feel disenfranchised, that are lower down the socio-economic pecking order, that are not as affluent. I'm not trying to suggest that because people find a way and people do well and people live good lives and there are great people in these communities. But still, there's something wrong when you have a gang of young men ripping a city apart um from seemingly nowhere that 
uh, you know, that in that is indicating unwellness. That is an indication of there's something really wrong here. Um, and how can it be that these guys feel so little? I don't know. So little sort of affirming love in their lives that this feels like a, a good option to, you know, to tear the streets apart. Um, and I don't know if that's immediate love from family members. I don't know if it's immediate love from community leaders, if it's, or if it's love from the state, if it's love from the country. Um, and love may feel like the, you know, an, an inappropriate word here, but I don't know. I, I, I come back to the idea of, you know, institutions. Institutions are sort of in loco parentis. Institutions like education, institutions like, uh, you know, your health sector, you know, the, the, you know, the various arms of the government. These are institutions these are the things that we try to build our society on. And they are the, the, the instruments of care for the citizens of a country. And if those institutions are failing, it's, 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 it's the equivalent to parental failing. Now, you might argue, well, look, you know, we don't want a nanny state. You don't want the government involved in every aspect of our lives. I'm not arguing for that, but there are fundamentals. There are fundamentals and housing, education and healthcare are fundamentals. Um, and there's enormous pride in having a home. There's enormous pride in having a good education. There's pride in being able to afford healthcare for yourself, for your family. Um, and there's there's pride in coming from an area that reflects outwards the care that it has been given and the care it gives itself. And I think when there's a loss of pride, that can manifest in different ways. It can manifest in depression. It can manifest in sort of surrender and resignation. But it can also manifest itself in indignation in a sense that my pride has either not been given to me or my pride has been stolen from me and there's an indignity in how I've been forced to live and if that if those they're very powerful emotions and if that's provoked and if that's those emotions are located in young men in particular who are immature who are inexperienced who are still not fully in control of you know, who they are, they're not fully in control of their, you know, emotional impulses. They are being maybe programmed by what they consume on a daily basis all around them online. And again, these bad actors come in and go, yeah, we'll stir these guys up. And believe me, well, what am I saying? I mean, I don't need you to, to you know, I don't need to convince you, surely. But young men the world over, are the instruments of violence. I guarantee that, that they are manipulated, they are agitated, they are radicalised and fanaticised in different ways by other young men, 
I don't think so. Older men, cynical men, men who have, I don't know. I mean, it's not for me. I mean, I don't know what, I don't know what that psychological makeup is. Um, but these are, these are people who manipulate young men into this type of activity, this type of violence, this type of expression of their rage, this type of expression of their wound and their sense of loss. Um, and I don't know how to address that. And so it's just as well that I'm not in a, you know, a position of influence or power. <laughs> but it's something I think about. And I have expressed that idea before, the idea of creating a space where, you know, people can feel safe, where people can feel heard, where people can feel that they're not being judged. Um, And I'm not sure what that space looks like. I mean, in a way, what I do on this podcast is trying to contribute to that you know, by expressing, you know, ideas like I just expressed. But I was trying to think of those young guys last week and I was thinking of them, well, if this was a kid, if this was, you know, if this was my daughter acting out, smashing things, I don't think my impulse would be to be, I don't think my impulse would be to be angry with her. Um, I don't think I'd be judging her. I think I'd just be concerned and go, why is she feeling that way? What's made her so angry? What's made her feel like she wants to lash out and destroy things? Um, And it's very self-harming. It's a very self-harming impulse to, to, to wreck things that are, that are yours. And like these, are, these were Dublin guys last week. Um, and I keep saying young guys. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure what the age profile was. But my, you know, looking at them, it's like, you know, the, the, the energy, the body movements, the body language was of young men, like teenagers, maybe guys in their 20s. Um, and of course, that's the age range when young men take most risks, when they're willing to push the boundaries further than at any other point in their lives when the brain is still developing um, and when they have you know, little or no care for their own health and safety because they feel, I'm going to live forever. Um, but it's taken me you know, the, the four or five days since to, to access my compassion for those guys um, because I think if you're looking down you know, in, in, you know, with a parental gaze, you view that very differently. And I think I prefer to be in that sort of space of thinking, you know, those guys are, you know, they're my, my brothers in a way. Just like, you know, and, and that's the sense of community. Like that's the sense of, hold on, this isn't, these, these aren't disconnected from me. You know, they live in this country. They live just up the road, in a way, um, and they're, you know, they're the, the the residents of of a city I love very much, um, 
and feel a strong connection to. Um, so I don't know. I think, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I was disgusted by their behavior. I was disgusted by that riot and particularly disgusted if it's fueled by a sense of um, national indignation um, rather than something much smaller than that and much more local. Um, but that it was sort of done in the name of, of Irish pride. I reject that idea. And in a way, it's it's letting it's letting the government off the hook um, by allowing it to be kind of focused on, you know, anti-immigrant sentiment. And maybe there are maybe there are cynical people in government who go, this is OK. It's better that they're directing their anger at non-Irish people than directing it at us for continuing to fail to lift them up um, in their own communities. I don't know. Okay, look, I am going to leave it there. Um, do go and check out uh, Garen underscore music on, on Instagram. I'm sure he must be on TikTok as well. He's, he's, doing, he's doing very well uh, from a social media point of view. But, um, you know, if you only look at that one video, you know, that's all you need to. He, he really expressed it far more articulately than, than I have. I mean, I, I like to go to the areas I like to go to um, and consider it, you know, in a broader sort of psychological, emotional, um, you know, point of reference. But the way he articulated really, really calmly, really thoughtfully, with great kind of consideration and fairness, I felt, um, made him really well worth listening to. So uh, fair play to him. And depending on your, uh, your where your funny bone is located you could well enjoy a lot of his other uh, his other clips as well okay that's me I've landed just under an hour it'll probably yeah with my intro it might make the hour mark but that is a shorter episode I am capable of change I'm living proof okay that's it take care mind yourselves um, and I will talk to you next week I'll be back with something different uh, December next week I mean, typically I've done sort of Christmas themed episodes we'll see we'll see okay mind yourselves I'll talk to you soon thank you so much for listening um, I'll talk to you next week see you bye